You're listening to the City Network Podcast. Our mission is to grow and multiply healthy churches in the Treasure Valley and beyond. Head to thecitynetwork.org for more info on our initiatives to catalyze church transformation and church planting. Here's today's podcast. All right. Well, we are live here today with the City Network Podcast, our our first live interview. My name is Robert Frazier, and I'm a part of the leadership team with the City Network, and I pastor a church called Redemption Hill on the West Bench. And today I have the distinct pleasure to introduce and interview one of my dear, dear friends and mentors, Tim Rule, who is the executive director of the Aphesis Ministries. And uh, for those of you who have uh, been a part of their Untying the Knots of the Heart course, um, it's been transformative for so many people in our community. Um, our church hosts some classes and we're, we're hoping to, to have some more. And today he's here with Dr. Barry Watts, who is a counselor, mental health professional, and ha- they have worked together to, um, in this, and Tim and I have been talking, but before COVID happened, you had been working on how do we, as followers of Jesus or as people, deal with anxiety and how do we experience healthy ways of interacting with the, the pressures and the stressors and the risks inherent in the world around us. And then the COVID-19 crisis has really brought that to the forefront. We're seeing just epidemic proportions of anxiety and people who don't know what to do with uh, how risky this time is. And so um, I, I invited them here to talk about their new process, their new uh, study that it looks at the the causes and some of the the tools that we have to deal with anxiety in light of how God's made us and what he's made us for and our relationship with him. So I'm just going to turn it over to Tim and and tell me a little bit about the story of what what drove this uh this new study our missing piece as as you've been launching it. What 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 in you? What's the story that started this whole thing? Yeah. Well, thank you. Number one, it's such a, a pleasure and honor to be doing this with you, Robert. Just I love doing anything with you and hanging with you. So, Absolutely. no, this, this, all, this all started. Barry and I uh, have been doing some things together, but uh, we started actually working on a long-term process for anxiety because, as you said, anxiety is so rampant in Christian circles. I mean, it's, it's just so prevalent among all believers. We all struggle with anxiety, especially in Western culture. And so we were working on something more long-term, much more in-depth than, than what we did with our missing piece here uh, in this video series. But when uh, the COVID thing started happening, obviously anxiety started going out the roof for many of us or all of us. And so uh, Barry and I just hurriedly put together a, uh, a video series on it along with a workbook. It's totally free. There's no charge for this. And really our heart is really to come alongside of, of the body of Christ and uh, be hopefully something that God uses to calm his children, to give his children peace in the midst of a very, very fearful and anxious time. So that's kind of how it came together. We thought, hey, this is a moment. Really, let's, let's do something a little bit quicker we're still working on this workbook and another video series on it, but this is, was our attempt to put something out pretty quickly. Now, um, I, I've been reading a bit of a guy named Mark Sayers, and what he's been talking about is we live in an anxious time. Um, we live in a time where most of the structures that have given us a sense of permanency and a sense of uh, of 
like our fears being relaxed by having safety and security from family, community, jobs, pensions, like all those things are not normal anymore. And uh, that we live in this really incredibly anxious time. And so one of the best things that we as followers of Jesus can be is a non-anxious presence in an anxious age. And so I, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about what what causes anxiety? Like what's the process inside of us that um, is always at work to make us mitigate our risks? And then like what are some of, what's the path forward? How do we, how do we move through that? How do we help people move through that? Yeah, Barry, let me take a in? shot at, let me take a shot at that. <clears throat> As we point out in the video series, the basis of anxiety is our God-given fear response. And because we live in an age where we are now incredibly aware of everything that threatens us, our anxiety increases. And when I was a kid, we hardly knew what was going on in the next community, let alone in the nation or subsequently in the world. We now live in an age where instantaneously the same technology that we're using now to talk about what it is that we've been developing with the video series is the very technology that increases our sensitivity and awareness of all of what can go wrong and what is going wrong. Yeah, Every it's like our, president. Our, our, uh, our, our level of information has gone up here, and our level of control Absolutely. has stayed down here. And so it's this right. gap that continues to drive that anxiety. Yeah. yeah, Correct. And part of what we talk about in the video series is the difference between what I do have control over and what I don't. And it's the what I don't that is the source of the stress that most of us feel. We recognize how little control we have over our lives, and that's where our trust in the work of God in our lives and the trust in the Holy Spirit's activity rather than our own becomes key to allowing us to relax and to recognize I can control this, but all of these other things I have no control over. I simply have to trust that God is concerned about my well-being and he has control of it all. Otherwise, I'm constantly trying to resolve things for which I have no capacity to resolve. Yeah, it's kind of like you have at any given time when we don't feel anxiety, it's because we've propped ourselves up with external forces that we think we can rely on. Um, our, if we have a large network of friends, then we think within my network of friends, I'm able to get what I need if I don't have it. So I can deal with that anxiety by controlling on some level um, or my safety. I don't know if I'm safe, but... 
I have bought a handgun and I put it under my bed and it makes me feel less anxious because I've propped myself up with this thing that may or may not help me, but it makes me feel better. It's a blanket to, to cover my right. anxieties. Um, or even with disease, if I, if I manage my health and my body and I stay away from sick people, then I can manage my, my, uh, my physical well-being. But in times of crisis then, or in times where we feel weak or we feel vulnerable, then all of those external props they kind of get torn down and we, we, we see the reality that those things didn't protect us and didn't give us what we needed. And now it's like, once we've stripped those away, we can say, okay, what, what can I really put my trust in? And I feel like that's kind of what's going on right now is people are just realizing that they put their trust in things that were maybe less strong, less, less substantive than they thought. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You, you, you know, what you just said, Robert could, obviously apply to non-Christians, but you add in the Christianity aspect of, of our mentality and our thinking into what you just said, it even adds another dynamic, another type of crazy maker to us. And that crazy maker is, I think a lot of times we, we expect that as we walk with God, he's just somehow going to zap uh, us and, and get rid of our anxiety. It's just going to magically, if God loves us, if he cares for us, we won't be anxious because he'll zap us. And in reality, that's not a biblical thought at all. But yeah. what Barry and I- Magical thinking, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, magical thinking. There's a lot of magical thinking among believers. And what Barry and I want to bring to the table is actually God brings an, a, a massive amount of, of logic and, and practical ways of dealing with our anxiety. And, and it's interesting, one, one thing that we make a point of, especially in our, in our long-term project on anxiety, is that God says, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's, so, it's okay to be mad. It's okay to have all these different realms of emotion. And he says, actually, those, those emotions serve us well at times. Uh, those painful, we call them painful emotions. But he says this so strongly in New Testament, he says, but anxiety, don't do it. Don't be anxious. He says, in, in the kingdom of God and in my design for you, I don't want you to live in long-term anxiety. And that's something that, that as you read the New Testament, it's, it's very obvious. God says, this is a destructive emotional state for my children to be in, is anxiety. So he deals with it quite a bit in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, actually. Yeah, it's like you, you don't see Jesus telling his disciples, don't get mad. You don't see him telling them, don't be sad. You don't see them see him telling them to quit feeling. But every time they're anxious or afraid, there's yes. do not be afraid. And then there's a command. Put your trust in me. Put your trust in my right. father. And, and so like that's right. the, so let's let's walk through what are what's the road? Like, where, where do we start our journey towards setting aside our anxieties and finding the peace that we're looking for? Yeah, I'll, I'll start it. And Barry, I'll let you continue to fill it out. One of the things that we say uh, in, this, in this video series is that we were, number one, we are made for connection. And so we, we reason anything that threatens our connection threatens us on a fundamental level. And what we would have people consider is that anxiety is a disconnector. It really disconnects us from people and it disconnects us from the heart of God. So the first thing 
that we're proposing that, that the Bible says for us to do is start talking about it. Start connecting with others and others, others experience with this and start connecting to the heart of God. Start having conversations with God and start having conversations with each other. The, the first step, what, what we're saying in this video series, the first step to heal from anything is acknowledging it. And as we start talking about it, that's one of the first steps of acknowledging I'm struggling with anxiety. There's multiple things that are gonna happen. Number one, you're gonna find out you're not alone. You're gonna find out everyone's struggling with anxiety. And number two, you'll start realizing that our discussing it and our processing it with each other enables me to get to the bottom line thinking of what's causing my anxiety. Sometimes I can sit there in anxiety and I'm in a fog. But when I start talking to you about it, that fog starts lifting. When I start talking to God about it, the fog starts lifting about what are the beliefs that are behind this anxiety that are causing it. So the first thing, the first path forward is start talking about it. Congregations have got to start connecting with each other and start talking about their anxiety. Barry? We also are very aware that in Christian circles, those of us who have been reared within Christian communities have learned how to wear masks that hide what we are really feeling and thinking. And we use platitudes at times that really have little to do with what's going on inside of us. We come to church gatherings, we tell everybody we're fine, when in reality, we're really struggling. But it's difficult for people to feel safe enough to take the mask off and just say, yeah, I'm really scared. Hey, um, I'm afraid when I go to the, <clears throat> excuse me, the grocery store, you know, I'm afraid of what may or may not occur over the next 60 days, uh, because there, there are so many things that are occurring that make us aware of our limited capacity to address them. And as a result, we become, we become obsessed with trying to figure out how can I manage this when in many cases, there is no way for us to manage it. Decisions are being made by people who are 3,000 miles from here, or even, you know, in the state that we have no control over those things that historically in the, uh, the US, we've sort of had this fantasy that we can control things. And our awareness that we can't makes us be aware of the vulnerability that has been there all along. We just weren't aware of it. Yeah, I think that there's a there's a grieving process that follows the initial work of it, of exposing anxiety because you have to grieve the fact that you don't have control and that you're not as strong or capable as you thought you were. 
and you really like most people kind of stop with sharing anxiety and then they feel angry like i i've been finding myself feeling particularly angry this last month perturbed angry um, because i'm stuck with this thing that i have no control over and i want it to go away and i that anger is kind of this secondary emotion of anxiety and like until i lay it down and say i don't have control over this i never had control over this and i won't have control over it in the future like right. i can't trust anybody else to care for it until i give up my control over it so yeah. how, do, how do we walk through kind of that process of grieving our anxieties and our our need for control yeah well, I, we, in the video series, we talk about there's two circles and these two circles interact and overlay each other. One circle is my abilities, my, my ability to control and face life's threats and opportunities. By the way, we don't get just anxious about uh, threats. We get anxious about opportunities, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah. this pay, paycheck protection program thing. I, I had some anxiety about I I don't want to miss this opportunity mm -hmm. and anxiety over it. And it's, it's not a threat. It's something that I can take advantage of. And then there's another circle that, that involves my threats and opportunities. And those circles do, do overlap. So my ability and my, my own powers, my own capabilities can address some of life's opportunities and threats. But it's all those opportunities and threats I cannot address that is, we call it the gap, the, the, the things I can't do. So like you said, I have to acknowledge it, number one. Part of the whole grieving process is acknowledging it. And my personal opinion is it takes a congregation, it takes a group of people to help me acknowledge something that's real. Because you, when you step into it, Robert, with me, it makes it even more real, whatever reality I'm facing. I think it takes, I think it takes a village to grieve, to, to grieve something. And I think that's part of it. But then the other part of it is when I say I cannot control these things, my gifts and abilities cannot control this. Then I say, this is the Christian thing that we say, right? We say, well, give it to God. Give it over to the Lord. I trust God with those things. Trust is a peace-giving thing for us to do. Trust, we, we operate on trust all the time and gives us peace. So we would say, trust it to the Lord. But here's the big deal. What am I saying when I say I'm giving it to God? That I'm giving God control over that. I'm acknowledging that he has control of it. But what am I saying when I'm saying I'm giving it over to him? This is what oftentimes we think. I'm giving it to God for him to fix it. I'm giving it to him to fix. And that is in my own thinking of what him fixing it means. What we're, what we're going to say is this, when I give that circle to God, the gap, the things I cannot address or control, I'm really leaving it in his control and what he deems is best for me and for the whole situation. When I give things to God, I must not predefine what he's going to do with it. I let him define it. And this is where trust lays in this whole thing. This is where trust in God, that what that means is that he is going to deal with it in his way, in the way he deems best, not in the way that I deem is best. Yeah. Well, I think that 
one of the things I've been processing a lot this year is that the only reason that God is is capable is the one who's worthy of our trust is that he's the only one who has the power and the capability to deal with all of the risks and the needs and the desires that shape me and so I like I keep telling people like listen this isn't faith and trust is not something you grab hold of it's this great release of my ability to control and recognizing like the difference between me and God is I'm tiny and I was created and he is all powerful and was not created. Therefore, all things in creation fall under his responsibility. And so he, he gladly takes on himself the responsibility to care for my needs, to care for my struggles, to care for my fears, to get justice for the wrongs that are done to me. And so he's the only one who's worthy of my trust. I'm not worthy of my trust. I can't take care of the things I need. So how do you how do you help people um, do that action? Like how do, what's what's the process of going from I'm I'm holding on and trying to control and make things happen to I release and hand over the result to God, not just not just what I want to happen, but the whole thing. Yeah, Barry, I'll let you deal with that. He gives you all the hard ones, Barry. <laughs> See, that, that's why that's why I have Barry on here. Is it, Barry, that's a good one for Barry. I wish I, you know, I've said I've been a counselor for almost 50 years. I wish I had five easy steps, Robert, to how you do that. If you don't have five easy steps, we're just going to end this interview, Barry. We're looking okay. for things that we can tweet. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, I always used to say if I had three easy steps to a happy life, I'd write books and, you know, I wouldn't need to see anybody. But the problem is getting the information from here to here. The whole process of changing, first of all, how I view things and then Secondly, how I actually feel about them. It's one thing to say I'm giving it to God. It's another thing to then practice, and it takes practice to honestly say to myself, Barry, you have no control over this. You can do everything and should do everything that you can, but the reality is that many of the things that control your life are completely out of your control. So learning that God is trustworthy and that he will, in fact, through the middle of losses, through the middle of illness, through the middle of all of these things, really believe that he's going to work together for good to those who love him. It may not at all be what it is that I thought it was going to be, but I need to trust that he really is doing what's in my best interest. And I can ask him to, whether it's heal your father or whether it's, you know, deal with the aging process that I'm in. No. And yet, all I can do is trust him with those things 
over which I have no control. Yeah. So that's why I say it really is something that that's why Jesus talks about let the worries of today be enough. You don't need to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, just live for the moment, live for today with obviously having goals and objectives, etc. But realize there's only so much you can do today. So live today and then start again in the morning with the next day. And, and you know, a huge part of that, Robert, is, as you know, and not tying the knots to the heart, we spend half the time really talking through and processing with people if there's anybody, anybody you can trust, it's God. If there's anybody looking out for your welfare, it's God. Uh-huh. If there's anybody who has your back, it's God. But that doesn't always look the way we want it to look. That means, well, if God has my back, if he really cares, I won't get COVID. My, my loved ones won't get it. I, I won't lose my job. I won't lose my next paycheck. We predefine what God's care and love looks like in, in those type of tangible things. And what we're saying is, you know, a big passage for us is Philippians 4. Do not be anxious for anything, but in prayer with supplication, along with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Part of this whole thing of, of giving those things to God is realizing he does care, but I'm being thankful in the circumstance, not for the, for the circumstance. I'm being thankful in it. That means this circumstance might not look how I want it to look. My, my loved one might die of a sickness or, or something might happen to them or, or for me. But I can still be grateful because I know God's intent. I know his goodness is for me and for them. But it might not look the way I want it to look. Part of this whole thing is changing our perspective and learning to see from his perspective. But we, we have to convince people God is good and that he cares for us and he loves us. Even when the circumstance doesn't look that way, I can still be grateful knowing that he cares for me, uh, even in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of heartbreak. So that's a huge part of this. And that's why no one can write a book about that. <laughs> You know, we can say, just say, I'll, I'll just be thankful for everything. Well, it's not quite that easy. You've got to begin with the fact that you believe God is good and that his intent for you and me is good. So you're saying it's a lot of hard work. That's what you're saying. We, gotta, <laughs> we have to lean in. We have to listen to God. We've got to live in community. I was hoping, for, you know, you have you have six short videos. I was hoping for six, six short steps here. Um, all yeah, that. Actually, actually, eight short videos. Eight short eight videos. Short. Eight short. Yeah. Okay, eight, so eight, eight to ten minute videos, but okay. yes. Okay, so, but so it that's, is a that's lot manageable. Of <laughs> um, well, I, I'm talking today with Dr. Barry Watts and my dear friend and mentor Tim Rule um, with Aphesis Ministries, and you guys have been working on a process called. Um, our missing peace p-e-a-c-e and if you go to ourmissingpeace.com you can take a look at this free series on anxiety our church is going to be using it as an outreach 
And uh, you guys chose a good business because I don't think anxiety is going away. Like I think this is a, <laughs> this is a growing market for you. Um, and I, I'm excited to see how God's going to use, you know, Untying the Knots of the Heart course and your Our Missing Peace course to help people discover God's presence, God's faithfulness. Um, last night, we're, we're going through a kind of a, a personal difficulty in my family. My dad's going actually in cancer surgery right now. And last night, my siblings and I spent some time praying with my dad. And uh, we, we sang some songs, and one of the songs was was talking about how God has been faithful for generations. And as we sat there, we kind of built a mental Ebenezer of all the times God has come through, all the prayers answered, all the ways that God has met us in times of fear, in times of pain, in times of hardship, and in times of joy. And that right. that Ebenezer that we kind of, this set of rocks of remembrance of God's faithfulness, helped us all to set this new thing out there and say, we can trust God because he's been faithful before. We can trust God with this next thing. And I, I pray that that becomes a, a part of our church, that we can remember God's faithfulness and, and see it through to these next generations. So thank you so much for your time today, Tim. Thank you for your time, Barry, and uh, looking forward to more You're conversations. Welcome. Yeah, thank you, Robert, so much. All right. Blessings. Take care. Thanks for listening to the City Network Podcast. If you have any comments or questions, join the discussion on our Facebook group at thecitynetwork.org slash group or sign up at the website to subscribe to updates for the blog and podcast.